Before we get going with this week's show, a word from a few of our friends. We begin with BetMakers. Fixed Odds Betting, powered by BetMakers, is back and in effect at Monmouth Park, and the early returns are fantastic, with 70% of winners paying more on fixed odds than they are on the tote board. Fixed Odds Wagering is now available throughout the state of New Jersey. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in your hands. The odds you bet are the odds you get. You'll continue to hear more about Fixed Odds Betting opportunities across the In The Money Media Network, TaylorMade, TaylorMade Partnerships provide an unmatched entry and experience into both the racing and breeding side of the thoroughbred industry. Now you can be a part of top-level racing and breeding with all the rewards and less risk and cost. Medallion Racing has enjoyed great success throughout the years, with 66% of starters running in graded stakes and 25% in grade 1s. Last year, Medallion was fortunate enough to have an impressive four Breeders' Cup starters similarly Our Bloodstock Investments has discovered great value on the breeding side of the game, buying and selling such standouts as Improbable, Bast, Cutting Humor, and Flame Away, among others. Join us and experience the thrill with your family, us, at TaylorMade. And last but not least, Adelphi. Adelphi Racing Club is a partnership in every sense of the word, not a syndicate, and our members are treated like partners, not investors. If you're interested in joining a group of like-minded individuals and have a truly interactive ownership experience, we are the right fit for you. We take a fiscally responsible approach to horse ownership through our patient acquisition strategy, which offers partners a chance to compete at the highest levels of the game while doing so in a responsible manner and allowing for long-term participation in the sport. Adelphi offers a variety of partnership options, including yearlings, two-year-olds in training, private purchases, and claiming options. Uh, we recently have been active at the Phasing Tipton Saratoga yearling sale in New York, for New York breads, excuse me, and have three exciting prospects currently available. An Arrowgate colt out of the family of Audible and Governor Malibu, who will be headed to trainer Christophe Clement. A beautiful tonalist filly out of the Stakes Place Dam, who is also headed to the Clement Barn. And a hardspun colt who wowed us with his powerful walk headed to trainer Ray Handel's Barn. Join the club. All the ways to get in touch with us. The website, AdelphiRacing.com. Email, Matt at AdelphiRacing.com. And social media, Instagram, at Adelphi underscore racing. And on Twitter, at Adelphi Club. Thank you to all of our friends. And now on to this week's show. What's happening? Welcome to the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In The Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter, at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Monday, September the 19th, 2022. It's episode 131 of the pod. However you listen, thank you for doing so. Uh, Many ways to listen to the show. You can listen Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can also watch and listen along over on YouTube. Search bar Matt Bernier Show. You will get this episode along with the 130 prior as always, please rate, review, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down, stars, uh, bell icons, whatever. Light them all up. Light them all up. For better or for worse, light them all up. Uh, took a bit of a hiatus last week. A little brief respite. Just got back from Toronto yesterday for the Woodbine Mile. Always fun to go up there and hang out with our friends north of the border. And happened to see a ridiculous performance on Saturday from Modern Games, winning the Woodbine Mile. I had sort of uh, opined immediately following the race uh, on TSN that, you know, if Ivar runs his race, you know, let's say a, a minimum it's 100, you know, Modern Games probably in that sort of 105, 106 range, maybe into a 107. Uh, come to find out here it's a 112. 
buyer speed figure. It is the highest buyer on turf this year. It is the fastest number by a three-year-old in the United States this year, or I, sh I should say North America. Um, and he now goes to the Breeders' Cup as a prohibitive favorite. He will be sort of, he won't be odds on, but he's going to be in that, he's going to be sub two to one. Two to one or less, put it that way. That's my thought, anyway. I'd be stunned if he was anything more than that. It would be a gift, it feels like, because I don't see anyone right now that can come all that close to a high 100 or a low 110 buyer on turf. I just don't, unless something from Europe comes over. So it made me start thinking a little bit. In this week's show, this is going to be maybe a, I don't want to call it a data dump, but I, honestly, it was an exercise just as much for me as it is for anyone listening and curious as far as the Breeders' Cup is concerned. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking from a Breeders' Cup betting challenge standpoint, but it really applies to any betting and wagering over the Breeders' Cup weekend. It, it made me start looking at this year's Breeders' Cup as a whole, and we always say it is the best two days in gambling, and it is. There's no question about that, especially from a horse racing standpoint. But suddenly, many of these divisions seem like there are horses that are strictly the horses to beat. And maybe you disagree with some of them, but purely from an odds standpoint, internationally and offshore, that's how many of these books are approaching it. That there are overwhelming favorites, and then there's everyone else. So first thing I wanted to do was go through and take a look at the fields where there were horses that currently are 2-1 to one or less from a bookmaker standpoint, as far as the likelihood of winning a Breeders' Cup event. My only criteria was I'm not using the two-year-old races. So we're only going to use the races for older horses, or three-year-olds and up, let's say, and go from there and then see how those horses, those races anyway, that cater to the three-year-olds and up, going back to the first Breeders' Cup at Keeneland in 2015, how horses two to one or less fared in whatever races, who they were, what they won on, what they went off at, and where they finished. And the results are both surprising and not surprising. There are some, I think, anomalies compared to others, but uh, that's largely what this week's show is going to be. Going through, taking a look at this year's crop of horses that, not including the juvenile races, could be two to one or less by post time. And we know there's still, you know, six and a half weeks left until the Breeders' Cup, so we could have defections, we could have changes, and things like that. But now is the time to start doing your homework, especially if you are playing in the BCBC. I don't think it does you any good to wait until th you know two or three days ahead of time and say, all right, well, I'm going to handicap the fields now. I'm going to put together bets. and da -da -da. There's just far too much to do, I think. You want to get a jump start on that handicapping. Go into it. Start to formulate some opinions. And then once the fields are officially drawn, go through, make your fine tuning, and then put together your bets. And that's kind of been my philosophy all the years that I've played in the event and it's beginning right now with all of you so hopefully this is something you find interesting uh, if it's not you know apologies but that's what this week's show is going to be and if you have questions or thoughts about any of the fields coming up this year with these horses that are going to be or could be two to one or less if you like them if you're going to fade them if you're going to fade them who are you going to fade them with who are you going to go with and support in these races let me know in the comment section beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter, at Bernie or underscore Matt. And even the sort of retrospective, going back and looking at these past, let's call it seven years, roughly, thereabouts, uh, what your thoughts were and perhaps why some of these horses did or didn't perform in that two to one or less range. So uh, let's dive into it. I'm not going to waste any time. 
let's begin with the fields right now for 2022 that feature horses listed at two to one or less. And that can go all the way up to 2.4 to one. It's effectively saying anything less than five to two. Because I feel like that's going to be a pretty narrow group. You're only going to have one, maybe two horses in each race that could even come close to warranting that. And then go from there. Try to figure out, okay, well, if it's not them, who who would you end up looking at? Because I think this could end up being a relatively formful event, but we'll see if the numbers over the past handful of years, data sort of backs that up. So these numbers are all courtesy of Bovada. I looked at Odds Checker, and you can find all the bookmakers in Europe. But typically, that's going to suggest the best available price, not necessarily the most widely available price. Bovada, do you know? Say with it what you will. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, I think their numbers are relatively tight. Relatively, you know, there are some that you can poke holes in, but um, that's what we're going to base this off of. So, starting with the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, there are two horses that are sub five to two currently: uh, Highfield Princess, who is two to one and Golden Pal, who is 2.25 to 1. Now, I think either of those could go sub 2 to 1. I think Golden Pal will still get that American contingent support. So I could see him going favored over Highfield Princess, but it seems like it's one of the two. If it's not one of those two, who are your realistic, and uh, you know, anything can happen. These Breeders' Cup races are littered with the best of the best. So you can get, and that's why the Breeders' Cup is the best event to bet on. You can get legitimate 15 or 20 to 1 shots that have chances in these races. But just purely from a logical contender standpoint, not trying to make wild reaches, beyond Highfield Princess and Golden Pal, is, is Casa Creed a horse that makes sense? Five and a half furlongs? That's if they go there instead of the mile? You know, I suppose he, he can make some sense. Big Invasion, the three-year-old for Clement. Could he make some sense? Perhaps. But beyond that, it feels like you really need to start making cases for horses that are going to be minimum double digits, but into this sort of 15, 20 to 1 range. The Breeders' Cup Sprint. Jackie's Warriors listed at 8 to 5. If it's not Jackie's Warrior, is it a horse like Cody's Wish who defeated him at Saratoga in that forego? Granted, they'd be now playing Jackie's Warriors game at 6 furlongs. Uh, is it American Theorem? who ran so well in the Bing Crosby out at Del Mar and then was defeated in the Pat O'Brien going a little bit longer by Laurel River? Is it Aloha West, the winner of this race last year, defeated Jackie's Warrior on the square out at Del Mar? I say on the square, we'll get to that in a little bit when we talk sort of the retrospective piece. The Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, Jack Christopher, listed at 7-5. to five. If it's not him, who is it? I mean, Art Collector? I find it hard to believe that Art Collector will beat Zandon. Oh, excuse me, beat Jack Christopher. Uh, Zandon is going to run in the Pennsylvania Derby this weekend. You know, to me, if he's going to run in a Breeders' Cup race, the mile is the only option. Is Chad going to run them against each other? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, I suppose you can make a case for Zandon. But Jack Christopher is an overwhelming favorite in that race. The Breeders' Cup mile. We just talked about modern games with that 112 buyer. I have no real interest in trying to take him on right now, barring something crazy happening. But if, if you are so inclined... Songline, the horse, the filly from Japan, you know, she's done well internationally. I suppose she could come here and have a big chance, but Modern Games did something Saturday at Woodbine that uh, we really haven't seen Milers do in quite some time, run as fast as he did, and he's a three-year-old. Ivar, perhaps. I like that it was sort of a good stepping stone. He is rock solid. He's going to run his 99 to 104 buyer speed figure. 
The problem is you need him to jump up lengths to run with modern games at Keeneland in a few weeks' time. Casa Creed, who we mentioned for the turf sprint. If he doesn't go there, he comes here. You know, he's in raging form right now. He's got a couple of 104 buyers in his back pocket. But again, a 104 just pales in comparison to the 112 from modern games. So that looks like a pretty tough one to go against. The Breeders' Cup Distaff, I, I don't I don't know that I fully see this. Bovada has Nest listed at 6-5. to five. There are many alternatives in a spot like that, so it would not surprise me at all if she were to lose to Malathot or Search Results or Latruska or Clarier or She Dares the Devil or any of those other girls. That's a very deep group. I would be very reluctant to take too short a price in a race like that, but you can understand she's a three-year-old, the fanfare, the way that she's run. You can understand Nest being the favorite come post time. Whether she deserves to be or not is entirely up to you as the handicapper. And then the most obvious of them all, uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic. Flightline is currently listed at three to five odds. Uh, you know, you know all the, the list of usual suspects that we've talked about for the Classic. So that's the look at this year. Looking back over the past handful of years, let's take a look at how the two to one and under horses have done in the non-juvenile divisions of the Breeders' Cup. We'll start in 2021, reverse chronological order, Delmar. There were eight horses that went off at odds of two to one or less. The Philly and Mare Sprint, Gamine went off at odds of two to five. She finished third. The Dirt Mile, Life is Good, three to five, goes, wins for fun, sets up what this 2022 campaign has been. Jackie's Warrior is one to two in the sprint. He finishes sixth, put a little asterisk next to it because we know he ended up coming out of that race with an injury. The Philly and Mare Turf, Warlike Goddess is two to one. She moves a little bit early, finishes third. The Miles, Space Blues, Godolphin, Appleby, Buick, they win, 2-1. to one. He gets the job done impressively. I know it's only a half length, but he, he was much the best. Latruska in the Distaff, 8-5. to five. We know her game, speed, speed, speed. Everybody else in the Distaff thought the same thing. They cooked her. She finished 10th. The Turf, Tarnawa, 2-1, to one, the winner of the race the year prior at Keeneland. She's nowhere. She finishes 11th. Probably the most surprising. I, I had forgotten this. The Classic. There was only one horse in the race that was two to one or less. And it was essential quality. At nine to five, he finishes third. So eight runners, two wins, no seconds, three thirds. Five out of eight hit the board at odds of two to one or less. Keeneland in 2020. Philly and Mare Sprint, Gamine again. Even money, she wins. The Dirt Mile, Nick's go. Nine to five, he wins. The sprint, Yao Pan was 6-5 to five in the Breeders' Cup sprint a couple years ago. He finished 8th. He was the only one of these horses, 2-1 to one or less, that did not hit the board. The Distaff, Monomoy Girl, she's even money and she wins. And then the Turf, Magical is 2-1. to one. She finishes 2nd. So out of 5 horses, 2-1 to one or less at Keeneland in 2020, 3 wins, a runner-up, no thirds. 4 out of 5 hit the board. 2019, Philly and Mare Sprint, there were actually 2 Phillies that were two to one or less in the race. Kefefi was seven to five. Come Dancing was two to one. Kefefi wins. Come Dancing finishes sixth. The Dirt Mile, Omaha Beach was even money. He finished second behind Spun to Run. Philly and Mare Turf, Sister Charlie at four to five, loses, finishes third for Chad Brown. There were two horses, two to one or less in the sprint. Chancelot was seven to five as the favorite, finishes second. Matoli was nine to five, finishes first, excuse me. Uh, the Distaff, Midnight Bisu was even money. She finished second. And the turf, bricks and mortar was even money, and he finished first. This was at Santa Anita. So eight horses, all told, non-juvenile races, 
two to one or less, three wins, three seconds, a third place finish, seven for eight in the money. Pretty good record. 2018, Churchill Downs. The Turf Sprint, World of Trouble, two to one. He finishes second. The Dirt Mile, Catalina Cruiser goes off at nine to ten, finishes sixth. The Sprint, Imperial Hint is eight to five. He finishes third. The Distaff has two fillies that are two to one or less. Monomoy Girl at nine to five wins. Abel Tasman at two to one finishes last of 11. The Turf, Enable, four to five. She wins. Fillion Mare Sprint, I did it out of order because Churchill did something funny that year. Uh, Marley's Freedom was 9-10. to 10. She finishes fourth. So out of seven runners over the two days that are 2-1 to one or less, and I say the two days, this was on Saturday. I'll get to the two-day thing in a minute. Two winners, a second and a third, four out of seven in the money. 2017, Del Mar. This was the first year we were at Del Mar for the Breeders' Cup. This was also the last time the old configuration, meaning the juvenile races were sort of interspersed with the other older races for the Breeders' Cup. So it wasn't just the, you know, the kids are on Friday and the olders are on Saturday. Uh, the turf sprint, Lady Aurelia, 9-10, to 10, she finishes 10th. By the way, this year was a bloodbath. Philly and Mare sprint, Unique Bell, even money, 7th. Philly and Mare turf, Lady Eli, 7-5, seven 7th. Sprint, Dreyfong, 7-5, 6th. The Turf, Highland Reel, 7-5, 3rd. The Classic, there were two horses, 2-1 two or less. Gunrunner, 2-1, he wins. Arrowgate, 2-1, he finishes 5th. The Dirt Mile, More Spirit, 2-1, 8th. The Distaff, Elate, 2-1, 4th. There were nine horses at Del Mar in 2019 that went off at odds of 2-1 or less. There was one win, zero seconds, and one third. Two for nine hitting the board. That, I mean, it was chaos that year. Absolute chaos. The only really formful race happened to be the Classic. 2016 at Santa Anita. This is one that will sound worse than it actually is. The Dirt Mile, Dortmund, 3-5, to five, he finishes 4th. The only horse of the 7, 2-1 or less shots that I'll mention that finished off the board, he finished 4th. The Distaff, Songbird, even money, 2nd. Philly and Mare Turf, Lady Eli, 8 to 5, second. The Sprint, Masochistic, 8 to 5, second. The Turf, Flincher, 9 to 5, second. And then the Classic, you had two. Arrowgate, 8 to 5, he wins. He defeats California Chrome, who was your 9 to 10 favorite, who finishes second. And in 2015, the first Breeders' Cup held at Keeneland. The Dirt Mile, Liam's Maps, 1 to 2, he wins. The Philly and Mare Turf, Legatissimo's, 9 to 10, she finishes second. The Sprint, Run Happy's, 8 to 5, he wins. The Turf Golden Horns, 4-5, to five, he finishes second, and American Pharaoh in the Classic is 3-5, to five, and he wins. So out of five runners, three wins, and two runner-up finishes. So you go through, you look at all these results, and you say, all right, what, what can we glean from this? And this is going to sound very, very dumb, very straightforward for anyone who is in tune with numbers and odds. Uh, the total sample here, going back to 2015, of two to one or less runners as far as the odds are concerned. There are 49 of them, 15 wins, 12 seconds, six thirds. 15 for 49 is roughly 30.6% on the win end. Two to one odds translate to roughly 33%. So give or take a few percent, a few percentage points, you're effectively looking at two to one shots do what they do. They win one out of every three. Uh, 27 of the 49 ran in the exacta for 55%, so just over half. And 33 of 49 hit the board, 67%, two-thirds. So 
you know, it, is there anything really to glean from it? I guess other than the numbers are the numbers and believe the numbers. A two to one shot's going to win the race one out of every three. Uh, they're going to hit the board two out of every three. And maybe that's all there is to take from it. But I'm trying to think of it from a gambling standpoint in the Breeders' Cup and thinking, okay, well, if we go back to that list of six races, effectively that would suggest that four of these six horses, minimum, well, let's call it, it's actually seven. If I've got two of the uh, turf sprint runners that are in that sort of two-to-one range. It's essentially saying that five of the seven horses listed, Highfield Princess, Golden Pal, Jackie's Warrior, Jack Christopher, Modern Games, Nest, Flightline. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Five of them are going to lose. Now, when I look at this this list, I don't see how five of them lose. I just, I'm, I'm going to quickly go through. Let me get out my little uh, handy-dandy marker here. Uh, Flightline, I have a hard time seeing him lose. Modern Games, I have a hard time seeing him lose. Jack Christopher, I have a hard time seeing lose. I guess, look, the turf sprint, I'm not going to make any comments on because we all know my track record in turf sprints is dog shit. So, I don't know. Maybe both of them lose. Uh, Jackie's Warrior, maybe? I don't know. I mean, I still think he's the best. I will admit, there's a horse in there that I'm, I'm very, very keen from a gambling standpoint. Because he might be a decent price that I, I, I do kind of like. I'm not going to spill the beans just yet. We gotta we gotta get there first. Uh, Nest, yeah, I mean, you know that I I think it'd be crazy to take any horse in the distaff at anything close to even money. It's just a, it, the the group is far too deep. But man, I mean, I, again, if if history is any kind of an indication, yeah, they're going to run to the numbers and you're going to have some years that are better than others. You know that that 2016 year at Santa Anita. You know, only one for seven, but but six of the seven ran in the exacta. Del Mar 2017 is the, you know, Sunday bloody Sunday of them all. I mean, that was that's just chaos. One out of nine, only two out of nine hit the board. Uh, but beyond that, it's all pretty formful. I will say the other thing that if we're drawing conclusions, and that's all I'm, I'm just throwing data points out there for you to draw whatever conclusions you want. And I'm sort of, you know, thinking out loud as well, trying to figure out what I do see. If we look at the two Keeneland years, and I'm going to do it on the fly right here. This was 5320. If we're looking at 10 runners between 2020 and 2015 at Keeneland, that were two to one or less, you had six of them win. You had three of them run second. Nine out of ten to hit the board. Nine out of ten in the exact. A six out of ten in the winner's circle. So now maybe that changes the way you approach or you look at the notion of six to seven, not including the juvenile races. These numbers could be even more dramatic, either for better or for worse, if you include the juveniles. But I specifically choose not to go that route because I don't, I think just the juvenile races could be a little bit more volatile. If you look at purely the Keeneland numbers, there you're at, I mean, stating the obvious, you're at 60% winners and 90% in the exacta of these kind of horses. Then all of a sudden you're going, okay, well, Flightline wins, uh, Modern Games wins, Jack Christopher wins, 
Jackie's Warrior wins. There's four out of seven. They're getting, you know, you're right there. What do you have, 57%? So then let's just say for HaHa's, the two favorites in the turf sprint lose and Nest loses. Are you going to tell me that it's implausible or hard to believe that let's say let's say nest hits the board so now all of a sudden you're at five for seven hitting the board which is up into your you know sweet spot of that number what is that 71 percent not 90 percent but and then one of the two in the turf sprint so let's go six out of seven 85, 86%. They're all just, this is meant to be nothing more than to make you think. I'm watching the race on Saturday. Afterward, I'm thinking about it going, Jesus, like, is this going to be chalk fest? But then you go through and over the past seven years, the numbers kind of play out. Everything sort of jives as far as whatever the odds are, that percentage, that's how likely things are to happen for these horses. But then you look at the two samples from Keeneland. Granted, it's only a sample size of 10 total. But 6 out of 10 and 9 out of 10 in the exacta, that's a, those are legitimate numbers. And if, if you want to sit there and say that 10 is, is not nearly a large enough sample to make meaningful conclusions, I'm really not going to argue with you because I tend to agree with you. But it's what we have to work with. And there seems to be a, a bit of signal there. Or maybe it's just been random luck that those races have been more formful at Keeneland than perhaps at other tracks. And even if, if you want to take that another step, Delmar, Delmar has been the most volatile where you have had 17 horses and you've only had three winners. So that's, was it like 13%, something like that? Uh, and then on top of that, you've only either had three, four, you've only had four others that even hit the board. So four, you've had seven out of, 7 out of 17 that have hit the board. So all of a sudden, that number's different. So there's definitely some fluctuations based on tracks, it would seem like, right now. Um, but these are the sort of things that I'm looking at when I'm trying to formulate ideas and thoughts and opinions as we get closer to the Breeders' Cup. Because the last thing I want to do is be sitting there week of trying to cook up or conjure up some sort of ideas that may or may not play when really that should be the time to lock into how are you gambling? We talked about it on a happy hour on Thursday. I am as guilty of it as anyone. And it's a, a do as I say, not as I do. I spend far too much time handicapping and not enough time putting together bets and structuring bets appropriately. Because even if you handicap the race brilliantly, but you bet it like shit, what difference does it make? And conversely, if you can just put, if you are very, very astute at putting together bets and maximizing value, you may just be a decent handicapper, but if, if you're making money, who cares? Let me know what your thoughts are. Beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter, at Bernie or underscore Matt, about any of this. If you have any other questions, any other thoughts to sort of build upon or use this as a jumping off point, uh, let me know. Again, beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter, at Bernie or underscore Matt. We'll be back uh, Thursday with Horse Players Happy Hour. Head on over to horseplayers.com. You can sign up for the contest over there. $20 buy-in. We are getting very, very close to the playoffs beginning. So we're down to the bitter end. If you have not qualified yet for the postseason, get involved. The top two finish will lock you into the playoffs. 
over on horseplayers.com with the Horseplayers Happy Hour, me and PTF. Uh, and then join us for the stream from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock Eastern on all the Breeders' Cup social channels and YouTube channels in the Money Media YouTube and social as well. We will be going over Belmont at Aqueduct, or as everyone has said, let's just call it Aqueduct, shall we? Uh, that's going to do it for episode 131 of this show. Thank you again. However you listen, it, it means a great deal. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can also watch and listen along over on YouTube. Um, looking forward to getting back into happy hour here at home. Home for a couple weeks before I go to Connecticut for, for the Keeneland Breeders' Cup Challenge Series coverage. But um, it's been a good run. Looking forward to continuing on as we get slightly, slightly closer those world championships down in Lexington at the beginning of November. Until next week, best of luck however you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play. It's been episode 131 of the Matt Bernier Show.